Thank you for joining us here at Celebration Church, where we celebrate God, celebrate people, and celebrate life. We hope you enjoy today's message. We just want to welcome our podcast listeners as well. Uh, We acknowledge you. We thank you for listening to us every week, and we just pray God's blessing on you. I like to start every week at the moment with a testimony from church life and Last month we had something called uh, a miracle month, um, which by the way was a preview to our normal, which is every week, Miracle Church, um, our God is a God of miracles. We have that miracle wall up the back and if you um, need a miracle, write down what you need Um, and if you have a miracle being answered, write it down as well. Every week we pray over those in Jesus' name, believing for breakthrough. But let me, uh, let me just read this one. This is sent through to us. And again, if you have a testimony, please send it through to us, to our Facebook page, um, or to hello at celebrationchurch.com.au. We love collecting testimonies uh, because we love giving glory to Jesus. So here's a cool testimony that came through. It says this. It says, In the spirit of sharing to uplift the family and body of Christ, I wanted to share what God has done for my mother-in-law six years ago. Um, sorry, six years ago, all of a sudden, she could not sleep through the night, felt sick in the stomach and got headaches a lot. Many doctors tried different medications and therapies, including antidepressants and counselling. This persisted for a long while and then she started to deteriorate more with becoming forgetful and unengaged while around her family and loved ones. Doctors still couldn't help, so she turned to psychological help and this only helped mildly. There were times where all her symptoms would go away and she would be thankful to God God, and all the the prayers. These long years had finally been fulfilled, but the symptoms that had gone away would come back. More recently, she had even attended a prayer healing ministry camp, um, and this illness has put a lot of pressure on her and her husband, who have both admitted they felt like giving up. But during our celebration miracle month, our mother-in-law came to church and she was prayed for by the people in the row and seats around her. Hey, that's you guys. She said she felt a bit better after, but then the week after she came to church, she called us and said that all her symptoms were gone and she was feeling like she was a different, um, and she felt like she, uh, sorry, all the symptoms were gone and she was feeling like she did before she became unwell. This time, she feels different in herself, knowing that God has done a complete healing. Praise God. That is a powerful testimony. And you know what it's like when your loved ones in particular are unwell, what it's like to need a miracle, and what it's like to cry out to God for a miracle. And uh, knowing the people, uh, it's an anonymous, sorry, testimony, but knowing them, um, this was a very big deal. And to see their journey of believing God and to see God bring about a miracle, um, it's just such a powerful testimony. And I just think as a church, let's really raise a banner of testimonies. Can I hear an amen? I don't want to be bored in church. 
I've been in church my whole life, and you've heard me say this, it is so controversial when the pastor says he doesn't want to be bored because normally he's trying to make it not so boring. I don't want to be bored. I want to see God changing lives. I want to see people set free. I want to see the house of God rise up in faith. Yeah, I want to see people who are planted in God's house. The Bible promises that if you are planted in his house, that you will flourish. So it's important we raise people in our church who understand that being in church, that getting involved in church, that getting your kids in church actually creates a flourishing inside your family. And please, if you have a young family and you're here, um, make sure that you are planted as a family. I am the fruit of parents who planted me in church. You know, the kids don't actually have the choice. The parents need to plant them. (laughs) My kids planted me in kids' church every week. Whether I liked it or not, they planted me. They said, we're going to plant you right now. Growing up, Charlie was planted by her parents in kids' church. And what happened was it actually caused me to grow. And so if you're a parent here or you're a spiritual parent, parent, make sure that your kids are being planted. You're hearing my pastor heart come out for a second. Your kids will thank you for the rest of their life if they are planted in God's house. Who here can speak a different language? Yeah? Yeah, over here? Yeah? Who here is fluent in a different language? Yeah, I know there's one over here at the back. Okay, I'm just going to walk around. I'm going to ask you, I'm going to ask you to say something in your native tongue. Yeah? Good and good. Yeah, good and good. Awesome. Um, Miriam, can I get you to say that with a whole sentence? Or is that a whole sentence already? Okay, give us a whole sentence. Jesus är min frälsare och herren och herre därför att han dog på korset Golgata kors han ja det är mycket att säga om Jesus. How cool is that? I have no idea what she just said. All right, can you translate? Can you translate what you just said then? I shall try. I think <laughs> I think I said that Jesus is my Savior and Lord, and that he died on the cross. I think I mentioned the blood also. Yeah. Sounds good to me. That sounds good. Sounds good. <laughs> and that was Swedish? That's okay. So that was Swedish, if you didn't know. Thank you, Miriam. All right, there's someone else up here. Sorry, John. What, what native tongue can you speak? Spanish. Oh, Spanish. Okay. Can you say something, a sentence in Spanish for us? About God? Yes. Um, It can be about, yeah, about a sentence about God. Uh, God is my savior. uh, Sorry. sorry. Uh, In Spanish. In Spanish. Dios is is my salvador y él me ama y gracias a él estoy salvada en en su bautizo. Gracias. Oh, gracias, yes. Awesome. All right. So, could you translate it in English? Eh, Dios y Jesucristo es mi Salvador y gracias a Él. Entra... In English. 
Sorry. I get confused, sorry. God is my savior, and thanks to him, I went into the holy water a few weeks ago, and my life has been changing for that. Thank you. Yeah, come on. Thank you. Awesome. All right. We've got, we got Mr. Italian over here. Could you say a sentence in Italian for us? Siamo molto contenti di essere qui oggi. E speriamo che un giorno uh, devre, uh, uh, faccia, faccia, devo, parlare, devo parlare con le con mani perché in Italia parliamo sempre con le mani. <laughs> awesome, awesome. All right, so Charlotte, could you understand? All right, my wife's going to translate because she can, she can speak a bit of... See, see how right it is. Well, I think he said... I am very happy today. We're very happy to be here today. And then I missed the, when he said facciamo or something, something, something. But then he said, it's difficult to speak. It, uh-huh. Oh, I didn't get that bit. And then I think you, you said something about, oh, wait, speaking Italian with your hands is normal. Normale. I don't know. Close, close, close. What, what do you speak? Oh, we've got some Arabic here. Right, okay. Just a sentence in Arabic. Um, wow. What, what did you say? I don't want to eat the orange. <laughs> Fair enough. All right. And um, Alice, Chinese? So cool. What, what did you just say then? My boyfriend thinks he's very funny, but I don't think so. <laughs> wow. The ultimate smackdown right there in Chinese. <laughs> Fantastic. Is that Mandarin? Is that what it is? Fantastic. Thank you, guys. That was, I, who loves sharing different languages? Yeah, yeah. I can speak a little bit of, of Japanese, which means, hello, my name is Ben. <laughs> Yeah, I'm looking at my resident um, Japanese friend at the back, Dave. Um, and Salama Pagi Apakaba Baipak Saja Kamo Borokura means hello, how are you? I'm good. <laughs> um, you dumb horse. It's a, it's a, I think that's what the end of that meant. So. <laughs> Anyway, I love hearing languages and I love how, and this morning I just want to speak for a couple of minutes about uh, the language of heaven, if that's okay. Um, just to keep speaking around the theme of knowing our godly confidence, knowing what we bring, knowing who we are in God. That's our theme for this year and next week Jared Chapman's going to be speaking. Uh, he's got a word in his heart that's going to help us with that as well. But you know that heaven... 
The question is this, what language is in heaven? Is it English? Is it Hebrew? Is it Mandarin? Is it Swedish? Is it... Well, you know what? I actually... Different thoughts from different theologians on that one. But this is what I think. I think there's elements and accents within the language of heaven. And I think that there's things that actually will carry through in the accent of heaven and what God has actually called us to carry here on earth. Remember, the Bible says, on earth as it is in heaven. Therefore, we must learn to know the accents of heaven in order to bring heaven to earth. I don't know if you've realized, you probably have, you will, will have actually, that when you go to school or to work, that your friends, that your colleagues speak a different culture to you. They should speak differently to you. If they speak exactly the same as you, then you probably aren't set apart. The way that we speak, the way that we carry ourselves, the accents we carry when it comes to the things of God should be different. We're called to be set apart in what we bring. We're not called to be so blended in that we get missed in the crowd. And last week you heard me speaking, if you were here last week, um, it was a great message. I encourage you to listen to it. But we talked about going from ordinary to extraordinary and how Caleb had a set-apart spirit or a different spirit and that spirit caused him to enter into God's promises. And when it comes to your and my life, that God has called us to have a different spirit or a different response. And we talked about different ways we can move in an opposite spirit. So when things come against you, when the enemy comes against you, if you respond in the same way, you actually don't help anything. But when you respond in the opposite way, you see great breakthrough. So when someone hates you, when you respond in love instead of hate, love conquers. When someone uh, shows you injustice, but you show them grace, you actually overcome that injustice. When somebody is stingy towards you, when you're generous, you actually overcome. When somebody comes against you and, 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 and does all these, there's all these examples in the Word, which I shared last week, that when things happen, we can respond in the same spirit or we can respond in an opposite spirit. Today I want to speak about, for a few minutes, having the language of faith. Having the language of faith. You know, faith is a language. It's the way you speak. We have different elements of faith. We have the faith to believe that God exists. We have the faith to believe that he is real, that he loves us. And we also have this faith that causes mountains to move. We have this thing called the gift of faith that actually God gives us to see breakthrough. Faith is one of these things that make no sense in the natural. And last week we spoke about it. When doubt comes, you respond with faith. You know, faith is a language. It's distinct and it sets a culture. If you have your Bibles, turn to Mark chapter 3. Sorry, Mark chapter 5. Verse 36. Mark chapter 5, verse 36. It says, this is Jesus speaking. He says, Overhearing what they said, Jesus told them, Don't be afraid, just believe. 2 Corinthians chapter 4, verse 13. If you've got your Bibles, it will be up on the screen as well. 2 Corinthians chapter 4, verse 13 says, it is written, I believe, therefore I have spoken. Since we have the same spirit of faith, we also believe and therefore speak. Yeah. 
I believe therefore I have spoken, notice something church, believing and speaking a language, an accent, since we have the same spirit of faith, we also believe and therefore we speak. The question I have for you today is this, are you somebody who has a language of faith coming out of your mouth or is it a language of human reasoning? The language of I need to work it out. (laughs) I need to have it in my own intellect. And yes, God gives us intellect, but there's always an element of faith which goes beyond our human reasoning. Hence, while we believe in a God that we don't see, it makes no sense naturally, but it makes total sense spiritually. You speak to someone who hasn't experienced God's love and they get caught up with, I can't see God, so he's not real. Little do they realise that faith is built upon, I don't see it, but I'm sure that it exists. We can't really see the wind, but we see the effects of the wind. We see the wind blow the leaves. We see the wind move different elements. You know, God is like that. Often we don't see him, but we see what he does. I love the fact here it talks about that we have the same spirit of faith, that we believe and therefore we speak. For a few minutes this morning, I just want to encourage you with how you're speaking when it comes to faith. You know that faith can only really be understood by those who have faith. I'm going to just read you this quote from Bill Johnson, and I really love this. It says, it'll be up on the screen. It says, heaven is filled with absolute perfect confidence in God. This world is filled with absolute mistrust. And you and I will always reflect the nature of the world we are most aware of. What you live conscious of is what you reproduce in the world around you. I try to live in such a way that nothing ever gets bigger in my awareness than my conscious awareness of the presence of God upon me. I don't care what the problem is, if it's an international crisis or a personal issue, the moment that problem gets bigger than my awareness of the presence of God on me, then I will live in reaction to a problem. The thing is about faith is faith is knowing that God is bigger. Faith is knowing that he is greater and that when we sit with our Heavenly Father, when we spend time in his presence, that he becomes the one we trust instead of ourselves. You see, faith is ultimate trust in God. Today I want to encourage you that People won't often understand it when you are a person of faith. Have you ever had someone say to you, oh, you're done for believing that? That's too big. God can't do that. The way we say it in Australian terms is be realistic. Come on, just be realistic. And although most of those people have great intention, and maybe you've found yourself saying that, I know I've probably said it from time to time, Ultimately, what happens if God has given the person a gift of faith? You see, it makes no sense when Jesus says, if you look at a mountain and you have a seed of faith, you can say to the mountain, be moved and it will be moved for you. It makes no sense, these types of statements in the natural. Yet in the kingdom, it makes total sense. I love that faith isn't determined by how much faith you have, it's determined by how much you believe. It's so cool that Jesus speaks about faith and he says, the mustard seed comes from a tiny little seed, yet it becomes a great tree. And if you have faith the size of a mustard seed, 
nothing will be impossible basically for you. You see, we often say, God, give me more faith, when the prayer should be, God, help me believe in what you said. Matthew 5, 36, we just read it. Jesus said on hearing them, hearing the doubt, he said, don't be afraid, just believe. Turn to your neighbour and say, just believe. Just believe. Don't be discouraged when people don't understand your faith. Don't be discouraged when people don't understand what you're believing God for. They won't give an account for your portion of faith. You will give an account for your portion of faith. It's not their responsibility to believe with you. It's your responsibility to believe God. But let me encourage you today that if you ever believe in anything in God that's bigger than yourself, that you're going to have people who would try and crush that seed of faith. And it won't be the enemy that is known to you. It'll be the person who cares about you the most. It'll be the person who is your closest friend or even family often. It could even be your spouse sometimes. And you have something in God and you're like, God, I believe it. And they don't mean to, but they say, come on, let's just be realistic. Don't get carried away. Well, I've learned in God that we have to be so careful about how we speak when it comes to faith. We have to be so careful. When people come to me and they say, I'm believing God for this and I believe God's told me this, you will rarely hear me say to them, ah, don't believe that. It's not my job to judge their faith. It's my job to say, look to Jesus. If that's what God's given you, you can believe in him. But we also have to understand today that faith comes from hearing the word of God. The third thing today is this, faith is a gift. The first one was faith is a language. The second is faith can only be understood by those who have faith. And the third one is faith is a gift. 1 Corinthians 12 verse 9 says, To another, the gift of faith by the same spirit. To another, gifts of healing by that one spirit. You know, there's people, have you ever encountered these people and it just feels like whenever you encounter them, you just feel full of faith. You just feel like you can take on the world. You just feel like, man, I just, I was feeling discouraged, but now we can see God do great things. I think one of the gifts Charlie and I carry, I think we is one of those types of gifts. That every time you come to church or encounter us, that hopefully you will be encouraged by the Holy Spirit to believe for greater things. You see, faith is a gift. It's something God gives us. The seed of faith, the mustard seed, is something God gives you. You've just got to have an open heart to receive it. You've got to have the courage to believe it. Romans chapter 10, verse 17 says, Faith comes by hearing and hearing by the word of God. Think about this with me, but hearing infers a current relationship. Faith comes by not having heard, and that's alone, but by hearing the Word of God. How are you going at the moment hearing God speak to you? How are we going this morning when it comes to having faith for things? Because I was reading my Bible this week and this jumped out at me. 
God gave me a promise from the scripture this week and I'm gonna lay a hold of it for my family. You see, God always wants to be speaking with you. I love the fact that our God is not deaf nor is he mute. He both hears our prayers and he speaks to us today. Can I hear an amen? If you're sitting here today and you're thinking or hearing this on a podcast and thinking, man, I haven't had God speak to me for ages, open the Bible. Every time a scripture jumps out at you, God is speaking to you. (laughs) Often people say to me, oh, God hasn't spoke to me. He's not speaking to me. Well, when was the last time you spent time with God? And often the case is, it's been a while. I've been a bit busy. Been a bit crazy. Things have been going on. Wait a second. Just learn to hear God's voice. Because everybody can hear God's voice. God still speaks today. He speaks through the Bible. At some point, we'll speak about hearing God's voice. He speaks through somebody else. So I might encourage you and you can hear a sense of God and what they're saying. I don't know about you, but God speaks to me through nature. Nature declares the glory of God, the Bible says. It declares who God is. The rhema word of God is a quickening in our heart when God speaks to our hearts. There's all different ways God speaks, but faith comes by hearing God's voice. If you're married here, I encourage you as a couple, what is God saying to you today when it comes to your marriage? Not what did he say back on your marriage years ago. What is he saying today? If you're single here, what's God saying to you today about your season today? If you have kids, what's God speaking to you about when it comes to your kids? You see, we have this person, his name is the Holy Spirit. And the Holy Spirit is, who is he? He's our counsellor. He's our helper. He's our friend. Is this okay this morning? So we come back to this. How is the language that comes out of our mouth when it comes to faith? Are we somebody that when we speak, we inspire by what we share? Are we the spies that went into the land and realised that life is too big, the giants were too big, or are we Caleb and Joshua that said, yes, they're big, but God is bigger? And I don't know about you, but those grapes look pretty amazing. I feel like some grape juice. Grape juice is much better than what we had. You see, when it comes to your life today, I want to encourage you. You can have a life of adventure with God or you can have a life of just survival. There is too much talk in the body of Christ about how much we don't have, about how big our problems are, about how much we struggle and not enough emphasis on the fact that through Christ we have what we need, we have his ability, we have his strength, we have great things ahead of us. And it's not that we're trying to be all Mr. Positive, it's because the Word of God declares it. Because this is what I've been thinking about lately and Charlie will tell you this. How many people do I know when they speak inspire me? How many Christians who should be the most creative, spirit-filled, life-filled, faith-filled people, when they speak, speak more than just the weather? 
Well, I take responsibility and I think to myself, am I that for somebody else? Is my life a life of faith that actually declares that God can do something greater? Or am I caught in the comfort of my everyday living? And Charlie would tell you, for us, we start to deteriorate in our soul when we start to exist in the realm of just living in the comfort of our everyday living. We have to believe God for greater things. For our church, this will never be a country club church. We have to believe God. That's why we take time to hear about people's lives being changed. Because we believe that this is greater than just us. When it comes to you, when it comes to your language, when it comes to your story, create a story that brings inspiration to others. There's different types of stories. And at some point I want to preach about creating a God story. And by the way, you can be 15 and start that story, or you can be 85 and continue on your story. The good thing about stories is there's chapters. <laughs> Maybe it's time for a new chapter. Don't, don't write yourself off. Your story is not done. If you're still breathing, why don't you take a breath right now? If you're still breathing, your story still has something to occur. But the thing is about stories, and I can't preach about stories, but give me a second, is that when it comes to stories, and I love storybooks, when I go on holidays, I get a good novel, I sit there with my headphones in with a CD, CD, with an album that I've found, and I listen and I read a good story. I love the imagination when it comes to stories. But when it comes to the things of God, don't just let your story be a tragic story. Someone's got to hear this. Books have tragic chapters. Every book that I've read somewhere has a tragic chapter. It's part of the story. But don't make every chapter a tragedy. Make your story tragedy healing. There might be another tragedy healing. Because every time there's healing, it prophesies God's goodness. So when it comes to your story, understand something, that when you walk with God, you can't help but create a story that's inspirational. You can't help it. When God's involved, things happen. When God's involved, it becomes bigger and greater and more uh, wild than just if you were by yourself. But we have to have courage to believe God when it comes to the story he's writing in our hearts. What story are you writing today? Is it a faith-filled story? The next thought is this. Faith is tested. Faith is a gift. The fourth thing is faith is tested. If you want to be a person of faith, understand that your faith must be tested. James chapter 1, verse 2 says, Consider it pure joy, my brothers and sisters, Whenever you face trials of many kinds, because you know that the testing of your faith produces perseverance, that perseverance finishes work, so that what you may be mature and complete, not lacking anything. Who wants to be mature and complete? Okay, well, it goes back to trials. It goes back to this really annoying word. The word is perseverance. I don't like the word perseverance. Perseverance is the word that is used at the moment you want to give up. 
There's a bunch of the young guys who have a, a muscle crew, I call them. They go to the gym every morning. I should join in at some point, but they go there every morning. Ben Green has a wedding coming up, so he's in there. He's, most of all, he's in there trying his best, just trying to, trying to build those muscles. I think he got the award for the most visits at the gym last month. His name was on the wall. I mean, he was just scanning them, walking away, but it was still on the wall. And I was telling these, the muscle boys, that's what I call them, I was telling them, <laughs> as they're there, you know, doing their bench presses, when you're doing a set and you get to that last bench press and you think, I can't do any more, I said to them, scream at each other, persevere! Because it's when you want to stop and you push out that extra rep, that perseverance was just birthed. <laughs> I don't know if you've done it yet, boys, but y'all yeah, good. good. That's like we do, yeah. Just screaming at you, persevere! With that, persevere! Why? Because it's in that moment of giving up. Here it says, it says, let perseverance finish its work so that you may be mature and complete, not lacking anything. It's in life when you want to give up, when you want to stop, when you want to walk away, when you don't want to keep trying and don't want to keep going forward, but you say, I'm not going to give up. That is the moment, guys. It's a moment in your family when you want to give up on somebody. It's a moment in, 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 your, in the church when you think, I don't want to go this week. It's the moment in work when you think, oh, forget it. I don't want to keep turning up there. It's these moments. Maybe it's the moment we feel like giving up on yourself. It's the moments. Faith has to be tested. It says here, because you know that the testing of your faith, what does it produce, church? Perseverance. And then it says that perseverance finishes its work. It's when you believe God for an impossibility. That's when perseverance starts. It's when God says you're going to get better, but you get more sick. When you, God says you're going to be a resource, but you get more bills. It's when you, God says you're going to get a spouse, but you feel more lonely. It's when God says you're going to have a child, but you can't conceive. It's when God says you're going to do all these things, and you find yourself going, God, where are you? It's those moments of crying out to God. It's those moments of having faith and perseverance. I grew up on a golf course of Vincenia, and I told you this story if you've been in church for a while, but every night for three years, I would go out and I would walk on that golf course. And it wasn't for fitness, it was because I was yelling at God. Where are you, God? Have you forgotten me? Your promises haven't come about yet. What have I done wrong? All those types of stories. Internally, God was maturing me. He was causing me to persevere beyond my human reasoning. Be willing to do what you are not qualified to do is sometimes what qualifies you. Understand that maybe your test is that you feel like, I can't do it, and God says, wait a second, you can do it. Martin Luther King says this, I love this. He says, faith is taking the first step even when you don't see the whole staircase. Faith is taking the first step, even when you don't see the whole staircase. What is God trying to do in your heart today? 
Maybe you failed the test of faith and you've given up on some things. Maybe God's saying it's time to come back and resit the exam. The fifth thing is this. Faith is rested. So faith is a gift. Faith is tested. But understand that faith is rested. Hebrews chapter 11 verse 1, it says, Now faith is a confidence in what we hope for and the assurance of what we do not see. I love this, how it says that faith is the confidence and the assurance. When you have confidence and assurance, who knows, it makes you rested. Can I hear an amen? It's true though, it's really true. When you feel like, oh, it's all good, God's got it. You never see me, when I pray for someone who's unwell, someone wants healing, I never stress about it. I used to when I was younger, come on, God, come on, get sweaty, if I'm more sweaty, you know, crying out to God, come on, you can do it, God, stamp up and down. I've just learned these days, God, you're able. And if you want to do this miracle right now, Holy Spirit, I'll just be the, I'll be the vessel, you do the miracle. Oh, it's so much better. If you're here and you struggle with stress, relax. There's no stress in heaven, Relax. Trust, because God is bigger. Be aware of him more than your problem. Faith is rested. Why? Because faith is a knowing. Faith makes no sense naturally, but makes complete sense spiritually. Understand that faith by nature is rested because you know that God is faithful. And when you start to feel that stress rise up, come back to trust. Come back to rest. Come back to knowing that God has it. But what happens if I'm getting worse? What happens if the situation is getting worse? Dig deeper. The breakthrough is found in the rest. Oh, that's very good right there. Your breakthrough is found in your rest. The more you rest, the more you allow God to do what God does. Don't hold on to things so tightly. Release things. Hey, as a pastor, someone asked me the other day, what's the biggest things that you learn? Biggest thing you learn as a pastor? And I said to them, they asked me last week, by the way, I went and visited a bunch of pastors this week. Thank you for your prayers. Powerful times. Pastors in tears, just getting touches from God. And this week I'm going to be going down south, doing the same thing down the coast. So be praying for me. The devil hates it when shepherds get looked after. Um, So I appreciate your prayer. But one of them asked me, what's the biggest thing you're learning as a pastor? And I just said, I'm learning to still have open hands. This church is his. This people are his. When we have needs in church, we always do. I have to trust that he's got it. You know what I mean? I I can't afford to tightly squeeze and hold on to things. It doesn't achieve anything, and it makes me age quicker. And I don't need that because my wife is a lot younger than me, or six years younger than me. She wants a young husband, so that sounds a bit weird. Oh, she's like, yeah, yeah, I do. Yeah, she does. Yeah. Oh, cool. Hey, very quickly before we finish. Faith is worship. Who he loves to worship God. You know that when you have a heart of faith, when you have words of faith, when you speak as a person of faith, a person who has confidence in things you hope for, a confidence and an assurance of things you don't yet see, that you actually worship God through it. 
It says in Hebrews chapter 11, verse 6, without faith it's impossible to please God because anyone who comes to him must believe that he exists and he rewards those who earnestly seek him. Without faith it's impossible to please God. You know, your faith, your faith, your words of faith, your language of faith pleases God. When you believe for things bigger and greater than yourself, you actually enable your life to be a life that gives him glory. Because when God does the miracle, he gets the glory. In my life, I've seen this so many times. Charlotte's my greatest miracle. She came along. God gave her as my wife out of nowhere, it felt like. Our house was a miracle. We couldn't afford it naturally, but God made a way, gave us a house. And just recently, we had this, um, this sweet old lady across the street from us. And she's a nice old lady, but she has this dog about this high and this dog sits in the front yard and barks all day and as it barks it causes every other dog in our street to bark including our dog (laughs) to the point where we have nice water views at our house and to sit on the front deck we haven't done it for years because of this stupid dog (laughs) devil dog we call it it just is hard to have peace. Literally, it's just, we, we don't sit out there because we can't enjoy. And we got to a place just this, probably a few months ago where I just, we walked past it. And I started developing this habit, which I'm not proud of, but I started growling back at it. <laughs> I don't know if I'm weird, but I just, I was just getting a bit over it. And Charlie and I, every day, we like to go for a walk and that's when we pray together and we talk about what God's doing and it's our kind of moment to um, just to unwind. And, and we started just saying to God, God, we just, I just started saying, God, just, just shut that dog's mouth. I didn't want it to be hurt. I'm a dog lover. I love animals. But I was like, God, just no more. No more. And we just say it. We just say Shut that dog's mouth. In Jesus' name, shut that dog's mouth. In Jesus' name. This week, a for sale sign has appeared on that house. Now, now, if that lovely old lady is hearing this, we love you, but we don't love your dog. <laughs> and she's at an age where I don't think she knows the dog barks. I think she's inside. I, but we saw the auction sign go up and we just went, and I texted a bunch, I said, yes, the miracle has, miracle month has happened. <laughs> now, it sounds small, but to us, it actually matters. That dog literally, we couldn't sit at the front anymore of our house. That's it, I mean, that's our house. We should be able to sit there and enjoy the water and not have some yappy dog across the street disturb the peace. I might have imagined a pelican coming down a few times and carrying it away into the sunset. But then I thought, no, that's not the answer, God. There's other ways. So let's pray the house sells. And, uh, and if you want to move into that house, just don't have a dog and we'll be fine. I don't know why I shared that story, but hey, we give God glory. 
Miracles, miracles. And the last thought is this, and I'm going over time, but the last thought is this. Faith brings heaven to earth. The language of faith brings heaven to earth. And faith is actually fun. When you live a life of faith to believe God for miracles, it creates fun moments. Mark eleven twenty two, and Jesus answered them, have faith in God. Truly I say to you, whoever says to this mountain, be taken up and thrown into the sea and does not doubt in his heart, but believes what he says will come to pass, it will be done for him. Therefore I tell you, whatever you ask in prayer, believe you have received it and it will be yours. 2 Corinthians 5, 7 says, for we walk by faith, not by sight. It's so easy for us, just as we finish, it's so easy for us as humans to live a life of just natural, sight-filled living. Day-to-day, family, life, work, situations, circumstances, and they're all good, those things, but ultimately there's this element that God wants us to live in, which is an element of living by faith or walking by faith, not just not by sight. And I want to ask you the question right now in your heart. Are you somebody at the moment and you know that your life is so naturally based that there's no impossible things that you're believing God for? Are you living a life right now which is determined by what you see instead of by what God sees? If you're stressed here today or you're fearful, I want to encourage you to lift your gaze higher because don't live by the sight around you Live by His sight, which is higher up. But come back to the message. Come back to the fact that faith is a language, that faith is a gift. It's tested, it's rested, it's worship, and it brings heaven to earth. And when you remember these elements, it actually causes you to have a conviction to be speaking as people of faith. As a church, what are we right now believing God for that only He can do? <laughs> We've got to just lift the bar. Yeah. The amount of Christians I speak to when they live in the world of working and providing to the point of everything else falls away and, you know, all these dramas. And I, No, 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 you're missing the point. Live a life where God does miracles because we rely and look to Him. Let's be a church of miracles. Let's be a church that every week, if you have friends who need miracles, bring them to church. I mean, pray for them at home, but also bring them here as well. Let's see more testimonies of people who have believed God for things. Only He can do them and then God comes through. Natural medicine has fallen short, but God came through. Let's be a church, last thing, but this is my prayer for us. Let's be a church whose story inspires the nations. I love in that testimony it said, the people around me in my row prayed for me. Not the pastor, the people around me in the row prayed for me. And you didn't even know who the person was. They were visiting the church that you are willing to say, God, we believe for breakthrough. And that's all you need because faith is rested. Faith is knowing in your heart. Why don't we all stand to our feet as we finish?
I'm going to ask my wife to come up here. A language of faith. Remember, remember this. A language of faith often sounds like those languages we heard at the start. It doesn't make sense. To those listening, unless you know the language, you're not going to know what's being said. You know, faith is like that sometimes. You believe God for things so big and it sounds like complete stupidity to everybody else. Hey, congratulations, you're living a life of faith then. Believe God for things so much bigger than you that it makes you look a bit silly. Read Hebrews 11. All of them believed God for things that made them look silly and they were the heroes of the faith. So why don't you close your eyes? I'm going to pray right now just for, just for a seed of faith to rest in our hearts. I'm also going to pray that if there's people here and you know that that seed, you just haven't believed and you haven't activated it, that today we're going to just believe that that seed of faith will just be germinated in this place. In Jesus' name. Thank you. Why don't you just lift your hands where you are as we just receive right now what God has. Thank you, Holy Spirit. Father, right now we just declare that you are a God who loves faith. We thank you that you give us the gift of faith. We thank you that we only need faith the size of a mustard seed. In order for mountains. We hope you were encouraged by today's message. And Father, right now if you would like place, to know more about our church, please to go moved. to celebrationchurch.com.au. And I thank you, Father, that we just need to believe. Simply believe that you are faithful. Yes. Simply believe that you can do yes. what you promised that you would do. Yeah. And right now in this place, I just pray that you would just right now just impart a gift of faith yeah. you, in our church family. Yeah that we would be people of faith, people who have hearts of faith, who aren't afraid to look foolish in the natural for the sake of seeing breakthrough. Lord, I thank you, Lord, that throughout the Scripture, people took risks. Naturally, they look silly, but Lord, you've done a miracle. And as a church, I pray for that courage in Jesus' powerful name. If you're here with your spouse, why don't you take their hand? And if you're here without your spouse, put your hand on the person, shoulder of the person next to you. We're going to pray for you as well. We're going to declare God in this place. We're going to commission you right now. Father God, I thank you for every person here. Why don't you just take a moment and just pray for the person next to you. Just start out loud. Just start to declare just a blessing of God over them. Start to declare faith over them. Start to declare the breakthrough power of Jesus over them in Jesus' name. Thank you, Holy Spirit. We declare blessing. We declare breakthrough. We declare the Holy Spirit power. We declare love. We declare safety. We declare blessing. In the mighty name of Jesus, we declare your goodness. We declare miracles. We declare the power of the Holy Ghost upon each other right now, Lord. In Jesus' name, thank you, Father God.